This is the Wu Wei Wisdom Podcast, our weekly no-nonsense life lessons aimed to inspire you to master your emotional and spiritual health, achieve balance, harmony, and flow, and rediscover the authentic and awesome you. We're your hosts, David James Lees and Alexandra Lees. This week, we are talking about learning the difference between being emotionally reactive and authentically responsive in your life. Now, understanding the difference between being reactive and responsive will be a game changer for your relationships, your career, and your well-being. It means you stop giving your power away to other people or external situations and you start taking control of your choices, your actions, and the future direction of your life. Well, in this teaching, we're going to be sharing some practical tips and advice to help you shift from reactive mode to responsive mode. Okay, David, so let's begin with some definitions. What do we mean when we say, emotionally reactive. This is a really important subject for us because it goes right to the core of our teachings. This is almost 101 stuff again, right to the core. So it goes to the basic teaching that I always try and say on every video. You are the creator of your emotions. You are not the victim. So many people accept that, but they don't live that way. And so they create their emotions and then they'll give a justification. They'll say, it's my nature, it's the way I am, I can't help it, they made me do it, I'm triggered by them. And what they do then is they base their life and their relationship, their career, everything on emotional responses. But they're not going to the core of the problem. What is creating it? What is the beef? What is the actual foundation that's creating the emotion. So this is the definition. When you are just living from your emotions or when you're in a relationship with someone who's living by their emotions, it's almost like a pinball machine. You're constantly reacting, semi-reacting, double-guessing, walking on eggshells, not sure what to say, being very kind of timid or trying to control them. It's swinging from one to the other. And in this teaching, we want to try and get you to the core is what you believe. Why do you believe it? That's the core of the emotions. So are you saying that if we can deal with other people or external situations, not from based on our emotional reactions, but based on, I guess, logical thinking and reasoning and our kind of authentic beliefs, then we are more it's is that being authentically responsive so we're still we're still there's still an exchange going on we're not we're not living in isolation we're still interacting but we're interacting from a place of kind of rootedness or groundedness in logic and authenticity that's really important alex because most people uh, and most of my clients will try and, because they're acting from their emotions and they're emotionally reactive, what they try and do is to control 
the environment or, or, or other people. They try and make everything outside of them to be the way that they would ideally like it to be, the utopian world. And really, when I work with a client, I'm trying to keep them in control, but not to try and control the external, but control the internal. And so it becomes exactly what you said. If you're responding and living your life from your emotions, you cannot be grounded. It's like in, in Taoism, we call it, you're living on shifting sand. The next tide that comes in washes you away. And really, these teachings are trying to build your life on the foundation of rocks. What do you believe? Is it your belief? Why do you believe that? Can you be true and honest and have integrity to your beliefs? And that's what I would call being authentic. In the face of whatever emotion is given to you at work, in family, in relationships, in friendships, you can be absolutely grounded in the foundation of what you believe and why you believe it, and that's the truth. Now, why I think this is important, because I believe this connects you to what I call Shen. Now, you may call this spirituality or your higher self or your inner self or your inner knowledge. There's so many words. And I'm not saying something that's supernatural, that's outside of you. I'm saying what you already have that's inside of you, that's unique to you. And to access that rather than living from your emotions. So this is a straight choice for you. You either live on the shifting sand of your emotions or you ground yourself in this Shen logic, spirituality, truth, honesty, integrity. I'm trying to show you that this is the way to live your life based on this foundation. And I'm wondering, David, you know, if we let our emotions dictate our choices, our words, our actions, our decisions. It's a very kind of short-termist way of living because I guess what we're trying to do then is we are all we ever try to do if we live by our emotions is to find the path of least resistance, to find the path where we're going to eliminate any painful or uncomfortable emotions. So we're going to make decisions or choices based on how can I how can I make myself better here? How can I get rid of these uncomfortable feelings? And we in doing that, we we lose sight of our deeper, more authentic intentions, our plans, our morals, our values, because we exchange, it's like we make a trade-off. It's like I'd rather feel better in the short term by appeasing my emotions than sticking to my guns and being more grounded and rooted in what I really, truly, authentically believe and want. That's very true, Alex, but it even goes deeper than that and more profound than that. Because when you're living by your emotions and you have your emotion as the base, then you start acting and doing things that's very inauthentic. Because now you're trying to control other people and manipulate situations because you've projected ahead and you've done something like worst-case scenario thinking or negative thinking or this, I'm not going to be able to cope with this thinking or I'm not good enough thinking or I'm not valued enough thinking. And so 
you've cre- you've created a story that we call the inner child part of your mind that keeps you locked into this inauthentic way that really has never worked. And then you're putting and expelling a lot of energy into trying to create an environment that you will believe that you're emotionally safe or you're emotionally protected. And the problem is that state of being is impossible to achieve. Can I repeat that? You cannot be emotionally safe or emotionally protected because you create the emotions. How can you be safe from an emotion that only you are creating? Then you try and control. You try and control work, family, friends, situations, the future. You try and future-proof yourself, and then you get caught on what we call the carousel of despair. Do you know it? When you're working full blast, you're working harder than anyone else, like a hamster on a wheel, but getting nowhere, because what your intention is, is unachievable. How can you be safe from an emotion that you are creating it? Quite simply, don't create it. Don't create that emotion. And then people say, well, it's not that easy, David. Well, I get triggered. Well, it's what they think about me. Well, it might be the worst case scenario. What happens if I can't? You see, and you have this story mm. rolling out that takes you down that road. And I can see that if we if we follow the paradigm, the I guess it's our inner child, inner child's need to control because it wants to be safe and protected it doesn't want to experience painful feelings in our personal relationships or in our career if we feel like we're not going to be able to cope or in any aspects of our life if we if we follow that trajectory and we live by our inner child emotions it's not it it believes it's creating a world of safety and protection but actually it's just creating a prison for itself it's just lock we're locking ourselves in a prison and we we end up as you say we manipulate we try to control things the uncontrollable and we also play small we we stay within a very very narrow comfort zone and we never reach our potential because we we're just seeking this em- emotional protection all the time that's correct alex and that part of the mind that we're labeling the inner child will start to create this very powerful narrative, this story that becomes very familiar. And I use that word on a lot of videos, and it sounds such a kind of a passive, easy word. Oh, it's just familiar. But let me tell you, that's one of the most powerful words that the inner child uses in its cards to control you. It will want to stay on the familiar. You may use the word easier. This is what a lot of my clients say. They do really self-harm, self-sabotage, spoil their development, hold themselves back, keep themselves down, make themselves invisible, and then they say, well, it's easier. No, it's just familiar. In a perverse way, and this is what gets them really confused when doing this work, in a perverse way, they think it has an advantage. They believe 
that they can get other people to dance to their tune. They believe that they are entitled or deserving to live, as you quite rightly said, I call this utopian life, like a Disney world, where everything kind of works out the way they want it to. And they'll justify this and they'll say, well, wouldn't it be nice if everybody, for instance, I'll give you an example. Just the other day, a client said to me, well, wouldn't it be nice if everybody was just good? Wouldn't that be nice? Everybody was but just it, but it happy. But David, it would be nice. Well, that's really nice. And everybody's happy and everybody <laughs> agrees with me and nobody's got their own point of view. And we all want the same but thing. But people, you know, we believe that if I'm being reasonable, if I'm being firm-minded, if I'm treating people with care and consideration, then we believe that other people should do the same to us. But in fact, that's I guess that's not reality and we need to accept well, it's, that. Well, it's not reality and it's actually forced, mm. Alex, because your perception of fairness yeah. is not somebody else's perception yeah, of fairness. So what you then have to try and do is to manipulate them. I love that word. I know a lot of my clients don't mm -hmm. like that word. But you have to try and manipulate them to agree with your definition of fairness. It's in it's all about, and this is the this is the underlining thing that I've got to bring into your mind. It's about you. It's me, me, me. Enough about me. Let's talk about me. I don't want to experience any negative emotions. So the way I don't experience any negative emotions is if I stay with the known, the how I think it should be. And everybody falls in line and everybody agrees yeah. with me. And I'm a really nice person. And shouldn't they agree with me? Because I've never done anybody any harm. So everybody should agree with me. Very childlike, you see. And then you hit reality and now you're scuppered because everybody's got their own agenda and you are focused on your agenda and then you're the victim of your emotions. Mm -hmm. You are being held to hostage by your emotions. And so you have this dilemma, especially if you listen to our work, when the mature part of you agrees, well, of course I create my emotion. Emotions don't float around the room. Other people don't project emotions into my body. But the inner child part of your mind, and that's why I like the label, has to hold on to, I have to protect myself against emotions. I have to be safe. These emotions will destroy me. It's not fair. They shouldn't look at me that way. They shouldn't disagree with me. They shouldn't have their own agenda. And so the inner child builds these layers and layers of protection, avoidance, disruption, uh, shutting themselves down, self-sabotaging themselves, thinking, and they come up with ideas like, well, if people see me hurt... If people see me struggling, mm -hmm. if people see that they can't cope, then they'll cut me a little bit of slack, won't they? Mm -hmm. Then they'll do what I would really like them to do. It's all but very, very complicated. It's yeah. like we've created a very complicated yeah. emotional way of living for ourselves. I have a, it's like a visualization that's just coming to my mind. It's as if that fearful inner child part of us is like juggling 10 balls, different balls of emotions. 
and it's saying, I've got to keep these all these balls in the air. I've got to react. I've got to be on tender hooks all the time. I've got to be waiting for the next ball to drop because I've got to catch it and then lift it back up again to make sure nothing goes wrong and there's no ball dropped. It's like it's a whole life becomes focused on keeping all these balls in the air. And the misunderstanding is we can just let them all drop. I was just going to we say... Can just let them all using drop. your analogy and for those of you watching us using your hands yeah what happens <laughs> what happens if you yeah. let them drop nothing nothing but we have to there's convince, no but there's no but, but there. we have to convince our inner child that because we can have emotions like it's perfectly natural, natural. to have an emotional reaction to a challenging or difficult or unexpected situation or how a person treats us or an interaction with someone, that is natural to, to experience that. But it then does not mean we have to then follow that emotion and run with it and amplify it and keep it in the air and keep trying to dodge it and then for that to become the whole focus of our attention. We can, uh, we can acknowledge the emotion let it drop and say, okay, so what does this emotion, what is this emotion telling me? What have I got to learn here? But that's the teaching and that's why I believe the metaphor or the analogy of the inner child part of your mind or part of you is so very important because what you just said there is absolutely correct. And a lot of people get this wrong with our teachings. We are not not underline block capitals. We are not saying you should not create emotions. I am saying you should create emotions. Emotions are wonderful. If you're walking across the road and the car's bearing down on you and you're scared, you'll run faster. There's nothing wrong with emotions. But I'm saying that you create them. Now, the analogy that you're drawing there is absolutely right. When we're a child, we don't understand that we create the emotion, but we use the emotion. And for those of you who have children of your own or have had children, notice how they're beautiful, gorgeous, you love them to bits, but they can be sometimes a nightmare. And they can use their emotions. They can sulk. They can have temper tantrums. They can cry at a drop of a hat. What are they doing? They're trying to manipulate you to do what they want. If you've ever had a child when you give them a bedtime and then you come close to the bedtime and they're doing something, they don't say, okay, mommy and daddy, let's go to bed. They go, oh, it's not fair. Oh, you're my friend. And they'll give you all of this justification to get what they want. And so that part of the mind is still acting that way. Let me tell you why. It's because there was a time in your childhood, normally, not exactly, around six to nine years old. This, to me, seems to be a very important time when I've been working with my clients. I think this time is very important because this is the time when a child is starting to fully develop their emotional deck of cards. They can use every emotion. They can manipulate. They can sulk. They can cry. They can shout. They can laugh. They can get their own way. But they haven't fully developed their cognitive reasoning about the world, about real world. 
because they're in this little bubble of the house and school and they don't see the outside world. And then something happens. And it can be one thing or it could be a series of things like a dysfunctionality with their parents having trouble in parenting them or going through their own issues or having emotional difficulties themselves as it was in my case with my mother having really big emotional difficulties and then the child has a reaction and this reaction is what I call a, like a tsunami it's the most vile overwhelming I don't think there's words that to, can describe it intense powerful reaction and it's almost like they're drowning it's almost like they're up to the mouth and the nose in water and they're being sucked down and they just manage to scramble out. And that makes a really important mark on your belief system, on the way you structure your life. Because the thing the child says from then on, I'm never going there again. Yeah. That's never going to I never to want to experience I that never. level of intensity of bad, horrible, nasty emotions again. I never want to go close to that. And so that then puts them in this mode that we call the inner child. They are now absolutely reactive. They live their life reactive. They're looking ahead to see if there's any possibility. That's that the thing. It's in, it's in anticipation exactly. of problems okay. so we may get a tweak of a negative emotion because of something someone says to us how someone acts a situation but it's not so much even that tweak of the negative emotion the red light feeling it's the anticipation of it getting worse it's like i've got to work really hard now i've got to react immediately to stop this getting worse exactly that's exactly right and so now they have this kind of thought in their mind like the sword what what's that sword of delacuse hanging over yeah. their head like a big chopper ready to chop the head and now their life is to stop this chopper coming down and chopping off their head and that's why they'll stick with what they know even if it's not successful because they absolutely know there's something worse so they'll stick with the uh, negative reactions the emotions that they're comfortable with they know they can control because they've got this big axe hanging over their head and as you say <laughs> everything is viewed through the inner child story so they will see every situation and they will be always looking ahead preparing themselves not to go to that place so this place is bad but it's not as bad as that yeah. place. And if you offer them something new, then they'll reject that because, well, I don't know that place, do I? That's the new path. It's the unknown. And there could be the, the axe down that yeah. path. So more let scary me, monsters down more, that path. Yeah. So let's stay with what I know. So are you saying then that in order to shake off this emotionally reactive mindset and move to a more authentic, calm, logical, balanced way of responding to life and our situations, we somehow have to shake off this inner child mindset. 
we have to educate that part of your mind. We don't shake it off. We don't punish it. We don't lock it away. We don't ignore it like you've been doing. We go to it and we educate it. And we explain to it and give it what it so badly needs. And we've done so many teachings. Please look in the archives. I call it just, just my name. You can call it whatever you want, re-education. I call it reparenting because I think this is why the metaphor of the inner child works so well. I want you to think of that part of your mind, not as some of my clients say, a demon, the devil, something to be scared, something to run away from, something that's the dark side. This is you as an inner child. I see it as like you're stuck down in a very dark place. And we have to go down and speak to that child. Because that part of your mind is extremely powerful. Do not underestimate it. And in times of emotions, which for most of us is nearly all the time, it's not you as the mature adult making decisions. You haven't got your hands on the steering wheel. It's a six, seven-year-old child avoiding the axe that's going to chop off its head. And so it's making decisions from that filter and mindset. It's looking at life through that way, not through the mature way. That's why when you look back and you say, I can't believe I did that. That's so crazy because it's not you that's doing it. It's the inner child that's doing it as a six-year-old. And we, and also at that time when we made that inauthentic decision or choice or we acted in that way, it was because we allowed our inner child emotions to completely overwhelm our Absolutely. thinking. And, you know, we do, it literally does, if we allow our emotions to amplify, if we focus on them, obsess on them, let them, you know, run with the inner child, worst case scenario thinking, negative thinking, they will amplify, amplify. And then we do get completely confused. We do lose sight of logic. We do become very blinkered and we do see like no hope and no options and you know it's like where our mind goes into a different place but that's why the teaching of this video is so important because then you are reactive you are totally reactive you are not responding from a mature intelligent spiritual person you're being pulled along i often say it's like you've got a lovely little puppy and you haven't trained the puppy, and now this pup, <laughs> this puppy's grown into, I don't know, a big dog, and the dog's pulling you around. And that's your emotions. And that's your emotions. Yeah. And you're being dragged along by your emotions. You're reacting to the emotions. And I want you to connect to Shen. My goodness, we've done so many videos on this. It is so important. It's the basis of our work, you know, and it starts with the life lesson. The life lesson is something you have to really focus on. I try and simplify it. You are the creator of your emotions. Therefore, you cannot be the victim of them. So if you're making any judgment to lessen an emotion, you are now reacting to emotions that only you create. It becomes nonsensical. You go round and around, avoiding, blaming, dodging, diving, looking outside of you for validation, approval, reassurance. 
You'll always be second-guessing, walking on eggshells. You'll turn self-sabotaging because of that simple yet profound spiritual teaching and life lesson. And this is the life lesson we should be teaching to all of our physical children as well. So as soon as they grow up a little bit and they can start to make decisions for themselves, we should be teaching them how you make decisions as quickly as we can. And that is what we should be doing to our physical children. But first of all, we should be doing it to our spiritual child. And that's why I like the analogy. You watching me now, listening to my words, you are the spiritual adult parent. You have this part of your mind, which is like a child. He did, they did not get good parenting skills. It's now your responsibility and your response to go down and to see what they're, what's holding on to, what their vow is, what they're so scared of, what is the emotion, when did it happen, and then lead them through that. And then when I do my one-to-ones with my clients, it's the most life-changing thing that they can do. And you have to do it with care, with love, with absolute truth, honesty, and integrity, because you have to teach that part of your mind something that they do not believe or trust in. They are so programmed to avoiding that they don't even know they're doing it themselves. They'll say things like, well, it's just a response, or they'll say it's ingrained. This is what I hear every day with my clients. David, it's ingrained. David, it's a habit. David, I can't change it. You can. They do. It takes time, clear thinking. It takes all of your spirituality. It takes all of your true nature. You are awesome. I believe in you. You can do this. Keep your mind clear. Don't, as Alex said, do not let the inner chart confuse you. That's one of its favorite tricks. It's either the carousel of despair going round and round or the maze of confusion gets you stuck into the maze. Keep calm, keep focused, breathe deep, drop your shoulders. You can do this. And we can put links in the show notes to many, many other teachings we've done on the inner child reparenting and also on the topic of triggers which essentially is, you know, if we're saying that we're constantly triggered by other people or other situations, that's being led by your emotions, that's being in that emotionally reactive state. So I will put a link in the show notes to those teachings as well. But what I'm hearing you say, David, is the fundamental here is that we we need to compassionately educate our inner child, have that inner conversation with ourselves about taking ownership for being the creator of the emotions, our emotions, rather than thinking the emotions are coming from outside and attacking us, which is what the inner child believes. That's that's the basis of this life lesson. The emotions do not rein in like a, a f- you know, you've seen those old films where all the arrows go flying through the air and you have to protect <laughs> yourself. That's not emotions. Emotions are something that you generate. And that really is the teaching. The first step, do you agree with that as the adult? The second step then, you can act as the teacher and go 
and teach your child. You've got so much resources in our archives. And it is something you can do for yourself. You must keep that clear mind. You must work from truth, honesty, and integrity. And then you can do this work. One final thing I wanted to ask you, David, is that some people misunderstand if we're not emotionally reactive, if we're, if we're shifting to being authentically responsive, which is led by logic, consideration, clear-minded thinking, and inner calmness, we can, we're still observing the emotions, we're still That's acknowledging true. them, but we're digging deeper and we're saying, so why, why have I got this emotion? What's this emotion telling me? What's going on in my thought process? What's going on in my beliefs? And we can also, as part of being authentically responsive, we can also factor in our kind of intuition, our inner wisdom, our inner kind of gut feeling. So being authentically responsive does not strip away the kind of our spiritual, our shan, inner wisdom, our deep gut feelings on things. But we need... They're then are they then kind of checked almost through logic to ensure that this is not just me being emotionally reactive. This is just this is something that I deeply know to be the right thing to do. Exactly. When you're working from the Shen, then you can use the your skills, which are very important for you, such as creativity. Because when you're reacting emotionally, your creativity goes out the window because you're just following, you're back on the carousel. You can use your sensitivity. And I, we've, again, we've done many teachings on this. Your sensitivity is not your weakness. There is nothing to be ashamed of from being sensitive, hypersensitive, oversensitive, whatever word you want to call it. Sensitivity is a great strength. It means that you can address and deal with difficult situations and difficult people with sensitivity. Sensitivity does not mean you're weak. You're, it does not mean that the slightest puff of wind will blow you over. It's nothing to do with that. It just means your approach to a situation is with all your senses, your reasoning, your calmness, not being led, pulled, like I said, that mm. dog pulling you by, as by your emotions. So your response, and this is a nice place to bring us right to the end, your response becomes more authentic, more truthful. It reflects who you are. It reflects your true nature. I would say it reflects your shen, and it shows the world what's on, what's going on inside of you. Not that you're just in a responsive mode to whatever's happening. You're building and foundations on that inner knowing, that inner wisdom, that authenticity, that inspiration. Mm -hmm. I love that word. Being inspired. And that's that rock I want you to build your life on. Wonderful. And that was a great final point as well about um, being emotionally sensitive and how we can be emotionally sensitive and be authentically Absolutely. responsive. Absolutely. We don't need to be emotionally reactive in order to fully embrace our beautiful emotional sensitivity. No, I think I, I think my clients, uh, their sensitivity, that's one of the things we talk about the most. And I often ask that, let me ask you, are you sensitive with yourself? 
when you want to do this work, do you have a sensitivity to work with your inner child? Mm. Or do you shut him off or shut her off and don't listen to her and throw her to the background? That's not very sensitive. And to engage with your inner child and be able to work with them is one of the most powerful, sensitive, loving, truthful things that you that you can do. Thank you, David. And I will also put a link in the show notes on for, to some teachings we've done on sensitivity because I know you will enjoy those as well. Well, I hope you have got a lot from this teaching. Please do let us know and perhaps share it with someone else who you think may also benefit. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Wu Wei Wisdom Life Lesson. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please rate and review us to help us grow. If you'd like to work one-to-one with David, he supports clients all over the world every week via video call. You can learn more about David's consultations, plus our online events, offers and gifts on our website, wuwaywisdom.com. You can also meet and share with us in our private Facebook group, on our YouTube channel and on Instagram. Search for Wu Wei Wisdom and you'll find us. Until next time, stay happy, healthy and in your flow.